The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. Pacers running has you covered stoner. I'm just going to ask you to just kind of move yourself over the other direction for now. Uh, Again, I created these graphics. I asked stoner for our audio listeners. If you wanted me to redo some of these visuals just for the two of us while we're waiting for JP, he said, nah, it's going to be fine. Uh, But I didn't think you guys really wanted to listen to any more Jason Wright talk. I mean, if you really want to listen to that, this conversation, which is a great conversation, head on over to our video here on YouTube and uh, and check it out. We posted it just yesterday. I know a lot of you have already seen it, so some great stuff and uh, and keep up there. Uh, but it's time to move on to some virtual football. football talk. Yes, here. sir. And to start with this is, you know, Washington has tried to make some moves early on. And this is something not to continue with the Jason talk. This is something Jason, you know, acknowledged. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if it was on camera or off camera Mm -hmm. where they talked about how aggressive and that it might be a shock to some fans, but they have, yeah, they have kind of gone out there early on. Some people I've kind of seen this. I don't know if you've seen this stoner, some mm-hmm. rumblings that they're being too aggressive with mid-tier guys. They don't they don't need to mm-hmm. sign these mid-tier guys this early in free agency. What do you, what do you say about that particular topic? Yeah, you know my philosophy is you you focus on who you want and you go get them whatever it takes, whether it's a trade or it's a signing or whatever. You don't don't let the don't react to the market, which yes. is what they did last year. When and that's why they ended up with those two guards that they ended up with. They reacted to the market and they waited, and it was too late by then. This year they're setting the market like they did with Deron Payne. And we haven't even talked about Deron Payne signing on the show yet, have we? Or maybe we did last week. I can't remember. We, no, no we haven't done it. We haven't had weekend. it on a Wednesday show yet because it happened just this weekend. Yeah. So uh, they went out with Deron Payne, and they said before any other team was able to uh, set the market with the defensive linemen, because there are plenty of defensive linemen available, they said, we're, we're signing Deron Payne. You guys figure it out after that, because this is, this is what we want to do, and so we don't have to sit there and wait and, and pay a lot of money. That's, so that's what they did with uh, some of the linemen. That's what they did with the linebackers. Could they have waited another week to get – Cody Barton, that linebacker, maybe, but maybe they lose him then, or maybe they have to pay more at that point. Maybe they could have paid less. Who knows? You want Cody Barton to be your linebacker or backup linebacker, whatever, go get him and just don't wait until either he's gone or you've priced out. You're not willing to pay that much. Then you're going out and getting John Boston right just before training camp or during the middle of the season or whatever that's what bad teams do is they react to what's going on washington this year is proactive and i think that's a huge difference than the way they have been or at least the way they were last year 2 years ago they did the william jackson thing didn't work out 
whatever. They did the Ryan Fitzpatrick, didn't mm-hmm. work out. Uh, they did the Curtis Samuel year before. Or maybe that was two years ago, I should say. But the last couple of years, they have been reactive and they need to be proactive. So I'm happy with that. Can Do you see that there's any issue with signing B-level guys? I think you called them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our in our video, yeah, they're they're B tier, may, maybe even sure. upper C tier. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, unfortunately, it is looking like these guys are going to start. And I don't have a problem uh, with Wiley out at right tackle, which is where it's looking like it's going to be from the reports. Is Wiley's going to be right tackle? Cosme is going to be your right guard. Uh, the question now becomes with uh, with the. Um, Sorry, Nick Gates, mm-hmm. where, you know, is I've heard today, I believe from JP Finley, that mm-hmm. they're looking at Nick Gates at center. Right. So now are you using Chris Paul out as left guard? And yep. so he he graded pretty well at center. Maybe you don't want a whole bunch of B tier C C, you know you know, upper C tier guys starting, but you do need to go out there and get the guys that you think you can you know, use and start mm-hmm. winning. And yeah. so I think that part is, is important. So whether or not, uh, what, what's going to happen with that, I still think there's some things going on as Gus bus mentions, they did resign Tyler mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know what's going on with chase Rule. So, well, we don't know officially. We don't know officially. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he yeah. gone. I, I'm just telling you right now he's gone unless he's willing to come back on a very team friendly deal. We're not going to see Chase Rouye, unfortunately. Uh, his cap hit is just too big. It's too much. And I don't know if it's better that he's a June 1st guy or not, whatever. He's either going to have to restructure on a very team-friendly deal or he's going to be on another squad next year. Because you've got basically two centers now, right? You've got yep. Nick Gates and you've got Tyler Larson. So, yeah, I think he's probably gone. A surprise to me. I, 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 I thought that this was going to happen, but it was. I, I didn't think that they were going to go through with it, and that was a change they made today. And that was JD McKissick getting cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on JD? This is a guy who signed or was going to sign with Buffalo, mm-hmm. then realized that the Commanders were like, "No, we want you." So he ditches Buffalo, a Super yeah. Bowl contender, to come back to Washington just yeah. last year gets injured second year in a row with the neck injury, you know, a very serious uh, injury there. And yep. now he's off the team once again. Yeah. Unfortunately the injuries, it was the same season ending injury two years in a row with his neck. So I can understand why they had to let him go, man. When he's healthy, he, he was a difference, well, a difference maker. Maybe that's a little too strong. But he was a very effective third down back. Yeah. And he made a lot of plays. For some reason, he couldn't keep his feet when he was out there running. He tackled himself quite a bit. But he made plays, and he was an important part of their running, rushing attack or their third down attack, their passing attack. So, I mean, that one year with uh, – was it with Alex Smith? What do you have, like uh, 70 Almost or 80 Almost 80 catches. catches, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's insane for, for – a third down back and that's he didn't play for a second down so he was good it's time to move on unfortunately with the injuries and all that 
Yeah. I, I really appreciated him coming back to Washington, especially, mm-hmm. you know, again, shirking Buffalo to do so. Uh, but with his contract, with his injuries, you yep. know, you have Brian Robinson who's come on to be your lead back. Now Gibson is in that third, third down back role. You know, there's rumblings that they're looking elsewhere, which we'll be talking about. But uh, first, I want to bring on our uh, our esteemed guest here, uh, JP from the Junkies. Appreciate you, JP, coming on. <laughs> we got the we got like a replay machine here with us. Strong. <laughs> so, uh, JP, we're in the middle of the uh, the free agency discussion for the commanders, any of the names jump out at to you so far for signings or not signings outside Jacoby Brissett, which was just a couple of hours ago. All right. Let's all be honest. The names do not jump out at you, but attacking the offensive line, which I heard you guys talking about before you put me on necessary. Do we know that these guys are good? Well, they say they're good. You know, the, the guy from Kansas city makes sense. If the enemy bringing in one of his guys and the talking point would be, they didn't give up a sack in the super bowl. I might have a rebuttal and say, well, Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. And that makes a big difference, but the guy's a starter. He has some flexibility. I heard you talking about that. Um, they definitely need to upgrade the offensive line, so I like that. In terms of the defensive addition of Dantler, I don't know. One team didn't like him. Maybe he'll work out here. They definitely have attacked their needs, which I would applaud. The only thing that I don't like is they didn't prioritize quarterback. Now, mm. this is a divisive topic with fans because there are a lot of people who believe in Sam Howell. And I liked him in college. I didn't see him a ton. But it makes me wonder why did he slip to the fifth round and people have different reasons as to why he slipped to the fifth round. But if you just play the odds, fifth rounders don't usually work out. And they are putting all their eggs, it seems like, in the Howell basket. I like the addition of Jacoby Brissett if you're looking at that next tier of quarterback, but maybe because they were burned the last two years, they didn't go after a top tier guy. They didn't consider Lamar Jackson, the Aaron Rodgers play, uh, whoever else was out there, make a play at Daniel Jones. I know that he got signed before. Um, They just weren't interested. Okay. But along those same lines with Jacoby Brissett, I mean, let's just, everybody wants to talk Jacoby Brissett, right? So let's talk Jacoby. He is he is a, a mid-tier, he's a C-tier type quarterback, right? But as we've been talking to some people on Twitter back and forth, look, he if there was a fair competition, he would probably win the battle in training camp against Sam Howell. Does that preclude Washington from bringing in, or not bringing in, of drafting a quarterback in the first couple rounds. Because obviously they're not believing that. They don't believe in Sam. It certainly doesn't preclude them from doing that. Yeah. Um, Look, the enemy appears to like Sam Howell, everything that he said. You saw at the introduction of Eric, the enemy, he he seemed to have a good repartee there with Sam Howell. But in the big picture, what does that mean? He didn't draft him. He's Mm -hmm. inherited Sam Howell. And he's inherited the Sam Howell situation. Eric Bieniemy and one would think Ron Rivera want to win games. Who gives you the best opportunity to win games? They seem to be going with Sam Howell. Jacoby Brissett is a guy who, if Sam struggles after three games, let's say they start off the year one and two, 
Mm -hmm. Let's say he's got five turnovers in three games. I could easily see Ron Rivera going to Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you're going to have a winning season? I doubt it. I personally don't think the prospects of a winning season, this was a team that finished 500, are great with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett as your quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett uh, had you know some some rough years uh, under his belt as far as wins wins and losses. Pretty a f- pretty efficient passer though, not nothing too flashy. He is coming from a team that had a defense and wanted to run the ball, and Ron Rivera wants a defense and to run the ball. How do you feel though, Eric? The enemy is going to make a change to that, whether or not it's for Jacoby Brissett or Sam Howell. I mean, Bietami is familiar with Jacoby Brissett. He's seen him play, I'm sure, a ton of times, probably played against him. So my guess would be that Bietami was a big part of the equation of bringing in Brissett beyond Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera. A um, couple interesting things. I looked at some numbers on Jacoby Brissett. Let's just work with last season. Mm-hmm. So got a bunch of starts in Cleveland. If you look at his pro football focus grade, he's up there in the top 10. I think there were five guys ahead of him, and it's Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. Pretty good company, right? Mm -hmm. Then I was like, well, let me look at a different metric. Let's look at traditional old-school passer rating. Do you know who he's right next to last year? Uh, Give us a a clue. Give us a hint. Uh, It was his birthday today. Ooh, oh wait, whose birthday was it today? We probably saw. I don't know Taylor Heineke. I just I, I did say Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor yeah. Heineke. That is where his passer rating is right next to. So Jacoby Brissett finished with the eighty-eight point nine. Taylor Heineke was eighty-nine point six. Both guys twelve touchdowns, six picks. Oh really? Same amount of games. Uh, no, I think 11 games for, games. uh, for Jacoby Brissett and vastly different QBR too, by the way, it was 59.9, uh, for uh, QBR with Jacoby Brissett. Taylor Heineke was below 50. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but th- there's so many metrics now that you can look at, but that one kind of jumped out of it. It's like, let me see the neighborhood where he is. And, yeah. uh, I mean, there's some other guys who, if you look at old school passer, you think Tom Brady was right around there, but mm. let's not get carried away. It's funny. You know, you guys are on social media a lot with Rep the District. On our social media, there was such a huge response to Jacoby Brissett and overwhelmingly positive, whether mm. it was on our Facebook page and our Twitter page, Instagram. And that's kind of what people do here in D.C. They get all fired up about the backup quarterback. And I think you have to keep it in perspective. He's Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. yeah. And I think right. when it all is said and done, I do like the additions this offseason when you go through it on paper. They are addressing needs, whether it's at linebacker, corner, offensive line. But they have a whole lot riding on Sam Howell, it seems. Man, that's that's a shaky uh, shaky foundation to be riding on. And look, uh, we- in the division, it's the same mm-hmm. as it was last year, right? You're going to start with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They were in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Now you've got the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. You can like Sam Howell and say, man, I loved what he did. He beat the Cowboys, but kind of like Dak Prescott more than him. And who would you take, Daniel Jones or Sam Howell? Sam Howell ultimately could prove to be a stud in this league. Maybe Mm -hmm. five years from now, we're saying, man, 
They got to steal in the fifth round. He's an unbelievable player. He's a franchise quarterback. He's going to be the franchise quarterback for 10 years. But he also could be John Beck. Yeah. Now, you you are – I mean, I'm not sure where you stand on the quarterback wins, uh, you know, whether it should be attributed to the quarterback, if win, team wins should be attributed to the quarterback. I lean towards that. Some people completely go away from that, but I'm yeah. sorry – Good quarterbacks tend to win games. That guy right there. Yeah. I'm not, I I don't, QB wins are not a thing. Uh, Obviously, they play a factor, but I think that you have to look at the full picture, right? Like you brought up the the QB rating, right? You got to look at that. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, just even with his 59, you know, uh, what someone put put it in the chat there, like the the 10th highest QBR, 59.9. You mentioned the, the pro football focus. Like he, played an efficient game is essentially what he did, but he did not do enough to win. And sometimes efficiency and getting those efficiency, like EPA is another one out there uh, where Jacoby Brissett was lights out, you know, compare, especially compared to, to a guy like Taylor Heineke, uh, just completely different. Uh, but when you look at the record, you're like four and seven. Okay. So he wasn't the reason why they're winning. And, he, and you can kind of see this with some QBs who have amazing stats. I mean, how many times did Kirk Cousins throw for 4,000 yards on a losing team? You mm-hmm. know, so it's, and, and you had, you know, Stafford finally got his, um, uh, his Super Bowl victory, but how many years with the Lions was he throwing for 5,000 yards? But how many, should, how much of that was in garbage time? So I think you need to take a look at the whole picture. And when you're when you're taken in, into an effect there, because I don't think anyone would really say Stafford's a bad quarterback, but if you look at his QB win loss record, you know he's not a good quarterback either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's more to take into it when it comes to that. And Jacoby Brissett, it's not moving the needle. You're right uh, for a team that's middle of the pack and the eight eight and one team managed to 17 games. They still managed to go 500. Um, you know so you two seem pretty dead set that Sam Howell's going to be the starter and he may or may not lose the job throughout, you know? So is there no faith in Jacoby Brissett kind of holding the water at least, or is this the the pickup that's getting you a Caleb Williams next year? I think to even think about Caleb Williams is a stretch. Only Mm -hmm. one team is going to have a shot at Caleb Williams. That's the worst team in the league. I don't think, Washington Commanders are going to be the worst team in the league. You mm-hmm. mentioned their record last year. They're a 500. To me, if you have better quarterback play in just one game, you're in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So they weren't far away from that. That's why I wonder about the Sam Howell thing. And here's another thing I think about with Sam Howell. He said himself in that last week when he played against the Cowboys that he hadn't thrown to Terry McLaurin all season long. They weren't even really looking at him. He was like a side field guy, a scout team guy. It wasn't like we were hearing these reports week in and week out. Oh, my gosh, Sam Howell is just blowing us away. Hmm. Then when they move away from Wentz, he gets hurt, whatever. It's Heineke. Howell's the backup. You still didn't hear anything about Sam Howell. He was close to getting on the field, and it's almost like, all right, they threw him there in the last game, and Ron Rivera's like, oh, well, maybe I can do this, and we can do like the Brock Purdy formula, and we don't need to pay a quarterback all this money. Mm. But to me, it feels like a crossing our fingers move. Now, again, I'll preface this by saying I like the guy a lot. He, mm-hmm. he appears to have a lot of talent, and maybe he will be a stud. Maybe they will have a Brock Purdy-like 
season from Sam Howell. But I've watched football enough to know, and we've seen it with this team to know, that a lot of, a lot of guys fail. Like, it's great to hear these things and have these expectations, but why in the heck did he slip to the fifth round? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm a little – the, the, the game is rigged against him, don't you think, for, for Brissett. I mean, it's rigged to get Sam Howell everything that he needs or he wants or every chance to be the starting quarterback. He basically has to throw up all of himself to not be the starting quarterback week one or yeah, obviously injury. And look, yeah. they may – maybe they actually did see a guy – who they felt, I mean, if you believe Ron Rivera, who they felt was a guy who was worthy of a much higher draft choice, who slipped Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and they were able to pick him in the fifth round. They had already signed Carson Wentz to a lot of money. All right? And they thought, well, we're going to worry about Sam Howell in a couple of years. Because, look, they thought Wentz was going to be around more than a year. They paid him a lot of money. All right? The Wentz thing blew up in their face, and now they're going to ride with Sam Howell. Maybe with the receivers they have, with an improved offensive line, all of those things, he can be successful. I am just a little skeptical because in the little bit of work that we saw in 19 passes, we saw some great deep balls. We saw some talent. But remember, he also had a terrible interception. Mm -hmm. And people would combat that and say, well, everybody throws interceptions. Well, that is true. Aaron Rodgers himself had double-digit interceptions last year. But – what if we see him over 100 passes and four games and he has four or five interceptions, which doesn't yeah. necessarily mean he's going to be a failure in his career. He's also a very young quarterback with no experience. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you're trying to get a playoff spot, you're rolling the dice with a fifth rounder. And then Jacoby Brissett, let's be honest, he might be able to beat him out, but you're right, it's probably rigged against him. But Jacoby Brissett, let's just base it on last year, four and seven, as you said, and whether you attribute all of it to a quarterback, 50% to a quarterback, 10% to a quarterback, he wasn't winning a ton of games in Cleveland, so I wouldn't expect it to be that different here in Washington. Like, let's say Sam Howell, for whatever reason, tore his ACL in the offseason. So he's not able to play. Jacoby Brissett is your starter. Mm-hmm. Is this a playoff team? Whew, now you put me on the spot. I hadn't even thought of that. Man, is this a playoff team with Jacoby Brissett starting from week one? Probably well, not. I would tell you, I would say probably not. Yeah, probably not. It, it's no. interesting that you guys would go that route. I mean, this is going to be the fourth, uh, you know, the, this is a fourth uh, team schedule, right? So it's the bottom schedule. The last place uh, this, schedule, yeah. Yeah, the last place schedule. This is uh, Jacoby Brissett. Essentially, you're saying Jacoby Brissett's worse than Taylor Heineke, right? Because mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke nearly Heineke got Washington to the playoffs. We just talked about that. Him. And yeah. the fact that he got benched and Wentz got put in, Wentz looked awful against Cleveland. You know, that's really how Washington's season unraveled. Although I will always point out Taylor Heineke was one and three and one in games that mattered when they had to, uh, had to win to get into the playoffs. So now Jacoby Brissett's not better than Taylor Heineke. I do think he is better. And when you put it like that, if I use that logic, <laughs> I moved him. Wins. but we know it doesn't work out like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's yeah, the a lot of things. And, you know, we talked about it. If you look back on Taylor Heineke's season, it's like he had a magic wand for a while. I mean, you think about some of the throws. I was there at the Vikings game when he threw in a triple coverage and somehow yeah. Terry McLaurin comes down with it. Uh, referee knocked over somebody like 
there was some magic there with Taylor Heineke for a while, and eventually it ran out. Mm, mm. So let's move on from uh, from Jacoby Brissett, and let's talk about uh, a couple other guys here who are available now, and one of them being, of course, Austin Eckler. And he's been rumored, and we're not just kind of throwing a name out there, but he's been rumored to possibly be in a trade to Washington. Yeah, he's on the trade block, and commanders are interested, as I think. Yeah, so that's what the rumor is, right? Is that a good fit for Washington? Austin Eckler, 20, he's going to be 29-year-old running back who's had like 1,300 touches in the last five years. Is that a good fit in Washington? Sounds like you're leading the witness for me to say no. I definitely, definitely led the witness on that. But I'm going to say yes. He's an amazing player. Don't you want I would think you just want as many really good players as possible. Hmm. And he's uber talented. I don't know how realistic it is. I have seen their name on a list. Um, I find it strange that he wants out. Yeah. Hasn't he been right. driving there? Yeah. He had more touchdowns. I think I saw this stat uh, somewhere, or he had about as many touchdowns as Washington had. Yeah. He had himself. 18 touchdowns and yeah. Washington had 24. Yeah. <laughs> he had 18 by himself. So, yeah, you're right. I, I, yeah. I had, I led the witness and then the witness turned it around on me. And now, now I might be back on the, uh, yeah. I mean, well, if why you, are you anti? Deal. Just because of the age? Yeah, just a lot of running backs break down, but has he shown any signs of breaking down? No, I don't think so. I think he's been he's been very healthy, I believe, and he's been lightly used too. I mean, over since starting, you know, since twenty seventeen, he's only had eight hundred carries. Look at his catches too. He's had like thirteen hundred touches in the last five years or whatever. That's that's a lot of getting hit. He's yeah, he's had eleven hundred, about less than twelve hundred touches in the last five, six seasons, right? Seven, okay. yeah, six seasons worth of play. I would just think that Eric Bieniemy is the new offensive coordinator. Mm. He likes some of the pieces they have, right? You have to like the receivers that they have. But if you look at Kansas City, now this year they didn't have premier wide receivers, but they have a Hall of Fame tight end. They had, you know, they've had guys like Tyreek Hill and still had guys who were super speedy. I would think he wants as many toys as possible yeah. and he's certainly familiar with austin eckler when the chiefs play them twice a year so i just think if you can assemble as much top tier talent it's not like the nba and where it's simple like go get one of the top five guys and you'll be one of the top teams but at the same time if you can have an offense with premier playmakers i think you go ahead and do that the Man. problem i have with with this is this is a position that is un, it's undervalued and properly so like i mean you got uh you know if you're looking at kansas city from last year pinchenko is a seventh rounder and ended up being their leading rusher mm-hmm. and so it's you don't necessarily need to go out and trade assets for a, a you know a guy going into his seventh year when you have similar skill set or can find a similar skill set. I'm maybe not getting 18 touchdowns from a guy on, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a limited number of touches. Uh, but you know, yeah, so 300, yeah, 311 touches last year, you know, so maybe you're not getting eight, 18 touchdowns from that, but I, I do think like you Look, can find somewhere it, else. It, like it's almost a luxury, right? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, yes, I'd love to have the new toy. You guys have been talking about it, though. If you're running the show, you're the GM right now, you're Marty Mayhew, 
what are you looking at right now pre-draft? Or are you kind of content with what they've done, adding a couple offensive linemen, adding a linebacker, adding a corner, re-signing a couple guys? Are you content or are you still making moves? Uh, for me, I, I'm always making moves. I'm, you're always trying to upgrade as much as you possibly can. Just sign – I would sign three or four more offensive linemen and let them fight it out in camp and try and figure it out. But obviously you can't do that with salary cap issues. But for sure I want to get – I would like them to get a couple more offensive linemen and corners. You know, You can't have enough of those guys. That, that's honestly where I'm going is I, I'm, I'm not going to spend it on a, on a running back. I'm going to be spending it on the big boys in the, in the middle there, the trenches, either side. I, I was, I'm somebody who wants them to go out and get more pass rushers, regardless of where you feel chase mm. young is, or Montez sweat is, or they just signed FA about you know, again. So they need, you can never have too many people who are going to take down the opposing quarterback. That's just to me. That's the second most important thing in the game. Your first most is your quarterback. Looks like we're settled on Hal and Jacoby Brissett. So the next thing we need is people who are going to go after the quarterback. So Jonathan Allen, you locked up Deron Payne. Maybe he's yeah. going to get his you know double digit sacks again. But line me up some good defensive edge rushers and protect the quarterback. That's what. Well, wait a second. The, you guys have mean. given up on. Montez Sweat and Chase Young setting the all-time sack record for a duo. <laughs> and they might they have, have uh, given that up. What did they have that year? They're trying they to set like the record like nine. seven. Yeah, I mean, because Chase only had one and a half. I don't remember how many Montez had. But, yeah, I mean, money-wise, you have and to that's give a, To, to be honest, it's a big question. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I know on our show, like, EB seems like he's completely out on Chase Young. Um, but what if? This is a big what if. What if right now and for several weeks leading up to training camp, that guy is busting his balls to become the best defensive end in the game, mm-hmm. okay? He's on a mission, and he comes back, and he shows you what he showed you in college. He shows you the reason he was drafted number two over mm-hmm. a guy like Justin Herbert, which will always haunt this team mm-hmm. if he doesn't give you any production. But, yes, you can always use more pass rushers, but what if you actually get Chase Young with double-digit sacks? Yeah, that's a that's a difference maker. You can't let difference makers go, regardless of their price. Nathan doesn't maker. buy it. No, yeah. I don't. I mean, I I think Chase Young is is primed for a back uh, for a uh, another breakout or a bounce back season, wherever you want to call it. And, and great if he gets double-digit sacks this year. You just cannot have, to me, enough pass rushers you're probably mm. looking at if we don't see montez sweat get signed you know before the season then it's unlikely he's going to be with washington next season he's going to hit the open market and go somewhere else so why not load up and get ready for his replacement he's going to be another preston smith another brian Arakopo, right someone who's taken high by washington goes somewhere else and plays well enough to be around in the league for a while that's what Montez Sweat's shaping up to be. I, I, I've said that really Chase Young's shaping up to be the next clowny. Uh, you know, right where he was picked, you know, impact guy, just couldn't stay on the field and just makes good plays, but is that number two guy. Uh, that's probably where he might end up, you know. So why not, again, load up with somebody who's not F.A. Obata or Ch- uh, uh, Casey Tuhill, which aren't bad guys, but they're 
ju- they're Jags, right? They're just another guy. You need you need difference makers. So go out and get yourself a difference maker. Well, in theory, Chase Young's supposed to be that guy. So he's got to mm-hmm. put up or shut up this year. Yeah. And and I'm with you, JP. I know I've heard you on, on your show uh, talk about the Deron Payne signing and that you were kind of against it, not against the player. We all know what a stud he is, but what that does to your salary cap looking towards the future when you have that Montez Sweat and that Chase Young. You can't pay. This year, uh, the cap hits for those guys are in the $60 million range, and it's only going to go up because Montez and Chase are going to get long-term deals, whether it's here or whether it's another team. I thought they should have let Deron Payne go or trade, whatever, so that they could sign Montez and or Chase in the future because that's where we like to talk about defensive tackles. But defensive ends, that's where the the wreaking havoc on the opposing team comes from is the DNs. We talk about it all the time. The most important player on the team is the quarterback. Second most is the left tackle. Third most, edge rusher. Most important player on the on the defense for sure. So I was with you on that because they're not going to be able to sign Sweat and Chase coming up in the future. They just can't. Right. So maybe, look, we don't know what they're planning on doing in the draft, and it might be a best players available situation, but maybe they attack that in the draft and get an edge rusher with the 16th pick with their first round pick. We don't know. But kind of my philosophy, you're right. You, you listen to the show. Nothing that's pain. I mean, pain was their best defensive player last yeah. year, arguably. I mean, he had the most sacks. He was an absolute stud. But it just seems like that's a lot of money into the defensive line. And I'll just keep it simple, kind of going back to what we were talking about, quarterbacks with wins. All right, Aaron Donald may be exception, but how many interior defensive linemen win Super Bowls for you? Like, that you're thinking about, man, they won that Super Bowl because of him. No. Mm. You think Chiefs won the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes. Why the Rams win it? Okay, Aaron Donald did make some big key plays, particularly at the end, but it's because Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. It's an mm-hmm. offensive league now. Now, occasionally a guy like Von Miller will wreak havoc. You were talking about edge rushers. The Broncos won with Peyton Manning, but mostly because of the Super Bowl. But it just seems like a lot of money invested into the defensive line. And especially when, let's say Montez this year, let's say he has the breakout year. Let's mm-hmm. say Chase gives you eight or nine sacks and Montez goes off for 14. Now you got to pay him big bucks, but can you afford to pay him big bucks? Yeah, definitely definitely not. You won't be able – not if he gets 14 sacks. You're not going to be able to pay him $25 million. Unless you're sure. committed to just have a quarterback, a quarterback room where you're paying like $5 million or less. I yeah. don't know what Jacoby Brissett got, but I know it's not a ton, and I think Howell's making less than a million. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, one year seven million dollars can be up to ten is what he's looking at for Jacoby Brissett, if I uh, recall the numbers. Yeah. Obviously, Sam House making fifth round rookie, yeah, uh, like you know, money. Grand he's, or uh, he's 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 barely surviving by NFL standards. Uh, you know, a lot of people point to the 49ers kind of building their team very kind of similarly. They've got a lot of money. They just signed Hargrave to just a little bit cheaper deal than what uh, Deron Payne. They've been to the you know, NFC Championship over the last several years. Why can't Washington kind of replicate that kind of build? I guess they can. If you point out they can, it's just more difficult. 
And let's say Sam Howell doesn't work out, right? Let's say Sam Howell doesn't work out and let's go with Montez and Chase actually showing you that they are studs. Well, in my opinion, let's say you can't get Caleb Williams. I don't, I haven't looked at free agent quarterbacks next year, but you're going to have to go out your quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not going to be Jacoby Brissett. It's not going to be Sam Howell. Let's say Sam Howell busts this year, mm-hmm. or you just know he's not going to be the guy. Now the likelihood is you're going to have a new owner and new coach, but you're probably going to have to go out and get quarterback and that's not going to be cheap. It's not mm-hmm. going to be cheap. And yeah, you know, one of the things is free with Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, I was, I was about to say, bring him up because I was like, franchise quarterbacks are never free agents, right? But, but now you have Lamar, a free agent. Yeah, uh, plays on the franchise tag this year, yep. and he's out there again next year. Sam Howell started seven games for Washington. Jacoby Brissett started ten. They finished, you know, six and eleven. Well, you're going to need some money to get a guy like Lamar Jackson or whoever else is available. So that's kind of why I'm against the Deron Payne thing because it just seems like a lot of money invested in that defensive line. Yeah. And and now also you've got Darius Slay who is available. Surprise cut by the Eagles. Maybe not surprised because of their cal- salary cap situation. But still, he's now available. I don't know what he's going to cost. Probably a lot because he still is pretty much in his prime. Would you like to see Darius Slay here in Washington, assuming they can fit it in the cap? Sure, why not? It's kind of my Austin Eckler theory, right? Bring in as much premier talent as possible. Mm. Why would you be against bringing in top-level talent? The theory on this one that I haven't studied it, but the theory on this one is that he's a man corner and Jack Del Rio doesn't play you know, a man type offense. He plays you're looking that. at the failure of William Jackson third. Exactly. And you're saying you're seeing this run over and over again. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what you know, I'm not smart enough or or in tune enough with that, but that's what people are saying is that he wouldn't fit Jack Del Rio's system. Yeah. I, I heard something statistically about man versus zone in the NFL, and I don't have the percentages in front of me, but every team in the league plays predominantly zone. So mm-hmm. even if you have a man corner, they are very familiar with zone. Mm-hmm. My theory on William Jackson is he just wasn't as good as what they thought he was. It wasn't yeah. a man zone thing. That's an easy excuse. He's been playing That's football. the agent's excuse, right? He's That's been playing the, you know, football his, his whole paid. life and in high school and college and then the pros. He played mm. both man and zone. He yeah. may have had a preference, but it turns out he wasn't very good. <laughs> right. Or he got his money and he was he was set. He, yeah, Albert Hainsworth. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm good. So I, yeah. I I would always be for like besides salary cap implications because again going back to Jerron Payne, you want as many good players as possible. So he's one of your best players. Can you resign him? That's not like I'm against him being part of the team. I just worry about those salary cap implications. Yeah. And to Nathan's point, going back to Eckler, same thing is like, yes, he would be great on the field. But maybe he is. There's too much value to bring him in when you have to deal with the salary cap and the implications. Yeah, salary cap. I feel like, and this is kind of what we all go by here. You can outrun the cap. You know, you're eventually going to have to pay. I mean, Cleveland's was able to, you know, push away Deshaun Watson's, 
you know, hit this year, but then they're yeah. going to have it next year and they're going to have to keep kind of, kind of moving uh, pieces there. Well, look so at I, the Eagles. Yeah, and the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, I'm sure the Eagles would love to run it back, right? If, if I'm the head coach yeah. or the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles and we're in the Super Bowl and we're close to winning it all, I'm like, let's run it back with these guys. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing defections and guys lost. I mean, Darius Slay is a key player on that team. So they're going to be a different team because of the salary cap, and they have to prepare to give Jalen Hurts a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to be a big payday. He's going to get all the money. <laughs> but, uh, unlike Jones, though, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think Hertz is actually worth it. I was hoping that the, the Giants were going to pay Jones even more to kind of hamstring them with a mediocre QB. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Hurts is. I don't think he's always going to be an MVP candidate, but I do think that he's going to be a good QB for, uh, for the Eagles. Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell, going back to them. Where do you, you know, you you mentioned you're taking Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. You said even Daniel Jones over these two. Is that is that what I remember hearing uh, there, JP? I think that you have to put Daniel Jones ahead of these two. Daniel Jones had a good year. He won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So we can say he's a mediocre quarterback, and you're probably right overall. But if you look at the last couple of years, Daniel Jones cut his turnovers, which was his biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Does he put up gaudy numbers? Certainly not with passing, but if you throw in the rushing ability, I think he's certainly better than the unknown. Sam Howell's an unknown. In theory, Sam Howell could be the best quarterback in the division, right? But would you bet on that? Would you bet on Sam Howell to be better than Dak Prescott? No. Maybe you're going to bet on better than Daniel Jones, but I saw what Daniel Jones did. We know that they have a good coach in the Giants. They already brought in Darren Waller, right? So they're upgrading – the mm-hmm. weapons for Daniel Jones. We'll see what they do in the draft. But if you're the New York Giants, you're thinking, okay, we're committed to Daniel Jones. They're going to kind of try and do what the Eagles did. Let's give him some toys. So they're going to try and get better receivers, which they didn't have. They obviously upgraded a tight end. I'm sure they're going to try and bolster their offensive line. And yes, I would bet on Daniel Jones to have a better year than Sam Howell. I think you'd be a fool. It's more, again, it's a crossing fingers, hope, I oh, hope sure, yeah. Sam Ma- Howell is better. Smart money, smart money would be on Daniel Jones. Sure. Yeah, and look, I hope I'm wrong. Let's hope that Sam Howell throws 40 touchdown passes and oh. five interceptions. Oh, right. Geez. Let's hope that that happens. Yeah. But what is the likelihood that a fifth round pick, yeah. who has 19 passes in the NFL and one start, a guy who you never heard anything about all season until really the last week of the season? Is going to have this fairy tale season. Mm-hmm. It would be great. It would be awesome. But I think we need to be realistic and prepared for a young quarterback who's going to have highs and lows in the league if they're committed to playing him week after week after week. Because I think when you have a Jacoby Brissett, if he starts off slow, don't make the move. Does, does Ron have time to have another losing season just to, to just to play a kid? Hmm. Not, mm. not if there's a new owner. Mm. Yeah. I don't care if it was the same owner. <laughs> right. It's season number four. Yeah. Like we were talking about Chase Young put up or shut up. Ron's got to put up or shut up. Yeah. All right. Snuck into the playoffs in year one. Good story. Seven and nine. All mm. right. Losing season, season two, season three hit 500. He said yeah. before the season that year three or was going to be the year that you saw a big difference. Did you see it? I didn't. Yeah, right. And and when our, in our interview with Jason Wright yesterday, 
uh, he talked about Jason Wright was really specific about it. He said, uh, he said, look, we're burning the bridges behind us. This is the year. This everything comes down to this year. It's we're going for broke. We're building this roster up and this is going to be it. So that was the first time I kind of heard anybody from the organization say that this is the make or break year for Washington. So I thought that was a pretty big statement. Fans, we kind of all knew that, that it was a make or break year, but that was the first time we heard anything from the organization to say that. Yeah, yeah it was also by the way on booking Jason Wright. I think in on the junkies, he's been on maybe twice. Yeah. We had him on at the very beginning and we thought we had this friendship and then nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. He did got, give me an endorsement on the book, though. It was very nice to write like a little blurb. And I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, that, he, is, that is true. I don't even think he even knew anything about the show. He just wrote a couple nice sentences. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It, uh, it yeah. sounds sounds like they're pretty in tune with it. That was the conversation we had before going uh, and recording was that uh, they, they they do keep up with you guys. And, they, uh, they listen. And listen. So, uh, yeah, no, he yeah. still he sends an occasional text. Oh, um, <laughs> I won't tell you the topics he texts about. Right. We can figure it out. Yeah. They're not usually the commander's topics. Oh, okay. Mm. The uh, well, JP, we appreciate you jumping on. This is JP Flame from the Sports Junkie. You can catch him, of course, live every mo- morning on the radio or on the uh, Odyssey app, right? The Odyssey NSA. app, NBC yep. Sports Washington. Lots of ways to follow the junkies. Appreciate it. And look, you guys, I think I was on with you about a year ago, maybe before. I don't even know when you started. Maybe it was a couple years. I've lost track of time. You guys are doing fantastic, man. Keep having fun. Keep, keep doing it. Appreciate yeah, you. Appreciate that, JP. Thank Congrats you. Thank you for saying All that. All right. You have a great night. Uh, when we come back for the cool down, it's going to be our goodbyes to Taylor Heineke. JP, you got anything for, for Taylor before you go? Pylon play, brother. I mean, when you think of Taylor Heineke, the first thing you're going to think about is that playoff game and the dive. That guy, I mean, that's why so many fans loved him. So forget about, you know, some of the bad passes and, 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 and some of the statistics. Dude, the guy's like a, a folk hero that came in there and almost won a playoff game against Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, that's the number one thing I think people are going to remember him for. Absolutely. Probably going to be the tops on lots of people's lists. We're looking forward to hearing from you in the comments. Go ahead and let us know your favorite Taylor Heineke moment. We'll get to those in the cool down. Thanks again, JP. You have a great night.